there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey guys, it's Sasha. And today I wanted to talk to you about Teammates. Teammates is a wonderful, wonderful program. I personally had a mentor when I was growing up. So I think that the mentoring programs are super important. Teammates is a school-based mentoring program, meaning that mentors and mentees meet in school once a week to build a friendship. In a recent survey, almost 90% of mentees said that they were proud to be a part of Teammates. Teammates serves all kids. Any kid in grades 3 through 12 can be a mentee. And mentors are safe, caring adults. You don't have to be an expert. You just have to show up and be there. Due to the pandemic, they've had thousands of kids who have had to wait a year or more for a mentor. If you're interested in mentoring a child today, go to teammates.org to apply. Welcome to the Mind Your Own podcast with Aaron Sorensen and Sasha Durkin. Where we stick to sports, except when we're not. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Own Podcast. I'm Erin. I'm Sasha. And I was just telling Sasha before we started this that if you hear just an ever so slight hum in the background, you can just go ahead and chug your drink now if you are (laughs) playing the Mind Your Own Podcast drinking game because my computer is just in a state of constantly taking flight. There is nothing that I can do any longer. I have done all of the things that people tell me to do. None of them work. So this is just our purgatory. We now live in a world of my computer fan working overtime. It is not being paid enough for the overtime and it's working. It's, it's soothing now at this point to our listeners, I think. Yeah, it's just a um, constant state of being. And honestly, that is kind of where I'm at at this point in football season anyway. <laughs> so we inadvertently had a week off last week for anyone who noticed. Um, it wasn't intentional. We just had some travel and um, scheduling conflicts that kind of prevented us from being able to sync up our schedules to record, which means we are back uh, one week later than we promised. But it's actually good because what we would have talked about last week, I think we both probably needed a week to process anyway. I would have had to bleep myself a bunch last week (laughs) had we talked about what we're going to talk about today last week. Yes. So First and foremost, because I just have to like just put this energy out into the world. I did. I did turn another year older. Um, I'm. I've made it. Yay! Um, it's, many of you did reach out, and I appreciate that. I tried really hard to get back to people. I feel like a lot of people though are in this boat. So I just want to put this like blanket statement out into the world. Whenever I wish somebody a happy birthday or I message them about anything going on in their life. I have started including, and Sasha's going to think I'm talking at her because she texted me yesterday. I'm not. (laughs) um, I'm not at all. I was saying for me personally, I have started to some people like in my messages being like, don't feel obligated to respond to this. I just want to say X, Y, Z, because I feel like sometimes we almost feel like we have to say 
thank you to everything. And it's not really, it's not like me ignoring, I I'm sure I've missed things on social media in the last 48 hours. And if you are one of those people that I miss for some reason, please know that I am so thankful for you. I am so appreciative of you. My um, lack of response is nothing has nothing to do with you. Honestly, I am like, teetering on the line of burnt out right now. And I am finding how much that is affecting everyday communication for me. That's not an excuse to treat people poorly, but I just, my response times are probably way slower than I would like them to be. And for that, um, just wanted to say, you know, if that happens and people maybe don't respond, if you're like me and you immediately assume that they hate you and they're mad (laughs) and everything, they're probably not. So just remind yourself, they're probably not mad at you. (laughs) Yeah. A hundred percent. Well, and that's, I, I always feel like I have to apologize. It's usually on the weekends. I try as much as I possibly can to disconnect if I can, um, from social media, from talking to people. Um, (laughs) and I, I, on Sunday, I just, I don't, I got probably 10 text messages and I didn't respond to a single person. And then the next day I felt like I had to apologize because I was like, I just didn't have the mental capacity to talk to anybody yesterday. So hey, never apologize for taking care of yourself. Like for sure. That is the, that is the best part. See for me, when I got Sasha's text message, it made me smile because like (laughs) I, I am not like like a birthday month kind of person or anything, but I do kind of like, it's a it's a strange world as an introvert to live in this like land of like I don't want people to recognize me but I also want them to recognize like yeah. it's nice to be appreciated but it's like I, almost too much is like too much and so like I had not like heard from anyone in like a little while so I don't know like your message like made me happy and like warm and fuzzy so it's like you know for me you might, and I'm not saying I'm projecting like myself here, but like sometimes when you're late on things, you think, oh, that person's going to think I was not thinking Mm. about them or whatever. And oftentimes you're just maybe catching them at a better moment or you're catching them in a moment where they need that reassurance. So like reach out, send the text. If like you have done that thing that I do, or you fail to respond to people for a week, like don't beat yourself up over it. Just send the text message just because most of the time the person on the other end is going to be like, Oh, that's so nice to hear from this person. Yeah. It's amazing how we build things up in our minds. Like I do this where we're like, Oh shoot, this person now hates me and mad at me and never wants to speak to me again. Right. right. I try Uh, to, um, because I know how I am sometimes like I legit am so busy some days that I'll read something mm -hmm. And then completely forget for like a week and a half. And then I'm like, dude, I wasn't ignoring you. I was really busy this day. Yes, let's, you know, whatever, plan this or whatever. Thank you for reaching out type of a thing. Yep. And I think that's the majority of everybody. So I try to keep that in mind on a bad day, though. I might just assume that everybody hates me. (laughs) I always assume everyone hates me. It's fine. It's not a big deal. Um, But before we go, we, we could, I feel like I've been wanting to talk with you about this and it actually kind of evolved in the last week since then we actually have like kind of two pieces to like kind of the bigger, like maybe this all fits with what we were just talking about, about being mindful of your words and how you communicate with people. Um, but it goes much deeper in this beyond just like 
reaching out to people and also being mindful of what you say. But if we would have had a podcast one week prior to now, the big news that had just come out, what would have been the night before we would have recorded was ESPN anchor Sage Steele had some comments that she had made on a podcast with Jay Cutler. Now, a little backstory here. Sage Steele had prior, so prior to that podcast that she hosted with Jay Cutler, or not hosted, she was a guest on, but regardless, you know what I mean. Um, she had spoken up about ESPN's vaccination mandate policy. Now, I should say that's not ESPN, it's Disney. Mm-hmm. So this is, Disney owns ESPN and Disney put a um, vaccine mandate in place for all of its properties. And I'm talking everything from its physical properties like yep. Disneyland, Disney World, to all of its media outlets and entities. So ABC, ESPN, yada, yada, yada. So she had made a comment prior about how... Um, it was like, this is like the second, like it was like the second time when she went on to Jay Cutler's podcast that she had commented about how just like, basically she didn't like ESPN's mandate and how um, if she hadn't been required, she wouldn't get it, but she basically wants to keep her job. So she goes on Jay Cutler's podcast and reiterates that calls the vaccine mandate at ESPN sick and scary, but it wasn't just that. She then took those messages that we'd already heard from her about these vaccine mandates and went further questioning President Barack Obama's. um, He had marked himself as black on his census. Mm -hmm. And she questioned that because he was raised by his white mother, Um, but then went on to also talk about women in sports and how when you dress a certain way. Um, you know what you're doing. You don't deserve harassment, but essentially, you know what you're doing. Uh, those comments obviously very quickly blew up on social media because, again, um, we had already previously heard about. And it's it's interesting, kind of watching this to give this just a teeny bit more backstory. The whole vaccine piece of this, when she was speaking up on it, or like prior to this podcast, and then bringing them more bringing it up more directly on Jay Cutler's podcast. Yeah. ESPN had prior to that with a number of other women and people that worked for them had um, said, you know, you can't speak about politics. You can't get political. Now, this is somebody who's like said on our podcast, I don't believe vaccines are political. The point has been like ESPN has said that these things, these conversations previously had been political commentary and that their anchors, their uh, reporters could not speak on them to the point where um, there have been people who've left the company over this. And so it just felt a little bit and I could understand the frustration that at first the lack of, I guess, response from ESPN felt a little bit like, why is it okay for her to be saying this? But when somebody else was speaking on this particular topic, that was not okay. Right. Well, ESPN you know, probably not quickly enough, but did end up saying at ESPN, we (laughs) actually, so (laughs) this is part of the problem. So this is their statement. It it was like not quick enough, but then this is the problem and kind of goes into what I was just saying about how ESPN had like not been okay with some things, but then releases the statement. It says at ESPN, we embrace different points of view. Dialogue and discussion makes this place great. That said, we expect that those points of view be expressed be expressed respectfully. 
in a manner consistent with our values and in line with our internal policies. We are having direct conversations with Sage and those conversations will remain private. So essentially ESPN is saying about this situation with Sage that she went against our values. Um, She's did not go about this correctly, but we're going to just chat with her about it. And I don't think people really like that because it goes, well, no, I know people didn't like that because it goes back to what I was just saying. You don't get to, as a company decide some instances are okay for people to talk about, but some instances are not. In my opinion, if you're going to like, if you're going to like dictate, like you either got to go one way or the other, you got to either be okay with everybody saying whatever they want, but also understanding that words have consequences. Like there is like the first amendment, but it doesn't, your first amendment right does not shield you from criticism. It does not shield you from consequences of what you of your words. You there, you can say whatever you want with the exception of like yelling fire in a crowded room, but like you don't then get to just like live without those consequences. But at the same time, like ESPN is basically saying we're willing to like kind of micromanage this piece of the conversation, but over here it's cool with like differing views. Right. Um, so anyway, she has ended up um, being put on a temporary leave um it's kind of interesting because she was also supposed to so she's been removed from air it's a little unclear but she was supposed to be a big part of espn's upcoming women's summit Mm -hmm. and it's her name's been pulled from everything they haven't said anything directly that i have seen i went and looked for it but she was supposed to host like a opening keynote session with halle berry her name is no longer on that you can see it though that google at one point crawled that because the name is still there on google but when you click on the link to go look at the like lineup and agenda her name is gone so you can tell that they have recently made a change in that um Google has not updated. <laughs> it has not recrawled that site. But I mean, the frustrating part for me here is like, okay, let me just give you the actual comments of what she said. So when she was asked about the COVID-19 vaccine being required by Disney, again, who owns ESPN, she said, I respect everyone's decision. I really do. But to mandate it is sick and it's scary to me in many ways, but I have a job, a job that I love, and frankly, a job that I need. So that's a little bit different than what her f- original comment was that basically said, like, she she was much more blunt, I almost want to mm-hmm. say, like, originally, it feels like that's a toned down version by the time she ended up on Jay Cutler's podcast. But then here's this, here's the other two pieces of this. And I'm going to read this from NPR. I'll link this in the show notes at hailvarsity.com. But on the subject of race, Seal said she thought it was fascinating that Obama identified himself as black on the United States census, considering his black dad was nowhere to be found, but his white mom and grandma raised him. Seal also said that young female journalists bear some responsibility for preventing any harassment that they may face in a male-dominated world of professional sports. When you dress like that, I'm not saying you deserve the gross comments, but you know what you're doing when you put that outfit on, too, she said. So let's just start with um, the piece on President Obama really quick. When I shared this, like I tweeted my frustration with all of this. I did not tweet about this part, and I'm going to tell you why, because there were a lot of much smarter people than me talking about this piece of it. A lot of people with, there were a lot of black men and women 
on my timeline that were sharing their thoughts on this. And it is not my place to speak over that experience because I didn't want to detract from them. So I focused on the women and how women dress piece of it, because it is something that I directly have lived and experienced. Um, but it's, it's, (laughs) it's horrific to me that she decided to call out the fact that Barack Obama, president Obama has a white mom and a black dad, and that she has some right to dictate or feel a certain way about his background because mm-hmm. of who raised him. Like, like you can take the blackness out of somebody because they, that personal, that person in their life wasn't there. Like it doesn't, it doesn't even like, I can't even reason it in my mind. Yeah. Like it doesn't make any sense. And I think that one is like almost just like so mind boggling to me. Yeah, that I just I, don't understand. When I read that, I was like, I, I just don't, I really just don't understand like this comment whatsoever. It didn't make any sense to me. I was like, why would you even say that out loud? Or, or and like, how do you think that way? I just didn't understand it at all. It's, it seriously is like the best way to put it is mind-boggling. It just, it's. It would be like walking up to somebody who you don't know a thing about. And, you know, that person may be, um, you don't know anyone's background. You don't know who, like, there are plenty, like, actually, like, I have seen so many instances on TikTok of people kind of bringing light to, like, you don't know people just based on looking Mm -hmm. at them. And there are a lot of people that they look at, you look at somebody and you pass a judgment on them as like, Oh, they're white because of this. And they're like, actually I'm not. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell like, I am Latina or I am indigenous. Like, or my, like my family history is indigenous and Mm -hmm. I may look uh, like quote unquote white, but it's not like, that is not my background. It's not my history. It's not who I am. Right. And I think when you see somebody like Sage Steele, who has the platform, she does basically saying, um, well, he's not essentially black enough because he has a white mom and grandma who raised him. And like, he shouldn't be able to identify as black is just like, it makes no sense. I, I don't even know if you asked her to explain it. She could. And that's right. the frustrating part is yep. she's just spewing something without really any thought behind it. Because I just I, I think if like I feel like I'm stumbling over my words right now because I'm just so like I don't think she could explain it. No. It, and how does that even a, come up in conversation? Right. Like, and I did not listen other to his part podcast. Of it. I'm, like, so I'm not going to. <laughs> I don't understand like how this even came up one. And then two, I just, the, the thought process, if there is one behind it, that like, I just, I can't understand it. Like it, just, I just, it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm so confused I, by it. I just, it comes from a place of like hate, I guess, <laughs> where it's like, how hate, like how much hate do you have to have in your heart where like, that is your takeaway. And okay. So maybe you don't like, um, Barack Obama's politics, but like, this is so far from like criticizing. I didn't like the way he handled insert policy, blah, 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 blah. This is like, I am going after him as a person. Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't know. I, I, 
I don't. It's it's so frustrating. And honestly, this is something that really frustrates me about social media and Twitter. But even like just trying to find some of the commentary that like I had seen that was so smart and good is being essentially like limited when you search these things right now on Twitter, because the things that come up first are, you know, Jay Cutler being upset, like, oh, I'm going to have to take a week off of work from this. And then like other um, people who essentially agree with Sage um, saying that she's being silenced. And it's like social media also needs to be better because this is it's ridiculous how certain types of like it's funny because it's always the it's always the same people who say I'm being censored are the ones who end up at the top of all the searches right for this stuff which is ironic to me on a level that I can't even like begin to explain on this podcast but it just it it does crack me up where I'm like for people who are like I'm being censored. Well, you're not because um, you're at the top when I search for anything on this conversation. So clearly you're not being censored. But anyway, I think the I think the really sad part to this is just the ignorance, Mm -hmm. because even her comments on women and the thing that I had tweeted about because I was so mad when I read this and I remember I read this at Nebraska's press conference and I'm like I'm ready to rage like I'm ready to fight somebody like come at me literally anyone in this room no one in that room is going to come at me but I'm like (laughs) I will fight you if you do yeah um I I was so mad because there are so many young women who look up to ESPN as like this beacon of the place that they want to be. It is like, I want to be an ESPN reporter. I remember I used to think that way. And you now see someone like Sage Seal, who has this platform saying, if you dress a certain way, you, you don't deserve the harassment, but you know what you're doing. So if you get it, like, well, that's on you. It's almost um, like the, like by adding that in there, like you don't deserve the harassment is like the, but at the end of a conversation, like you don't deserve this, but it's also your fault. Like, yeah, it's, it's like, what? I'm going to try to like, I'm going to try to, essentially massage this comment so that people don't get mad at me and cancel me, but then I'm still going to say this terrible thing. And it concerns me that young women will hear that and be like, well, how, and just for full transparency. And this is why I spoke up on this. It really doesn't matter what you're wearing. It does not matter. So here's what we're like. Here's just a quick heads up. When I was at Illinois for Nebraska, I, 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 shared a TikTok on this that I had made when I was at Illinois, a man commented on the length of my skirt, wanted to know why I wasn't wearing a mini skirt. Cause I was wearing a midi skirt. Um, I don't know what his reasoning was for it. I have no idea who, if he was confusing me for somebody, but doesn't it doesn't matter. matter. <laughs> that comment wouldn't have been appropriate to someone he knew either. So he, that happened. Um, I wore a dress on Nebraska sideline. It was also like really, really hot that day. And so I wore this dress. I was really excited about because it was cool. It was comfortable. It was kind of like trendy. I had been waiting to wear it, really liked it. It's one of those things where like, if you looked at it and you're like, Hey, not my cup of tea, not my dress. Like, great. The amount of men who commented on that dress to tell me I looked like I was in a circus or like, basically it was, it's coming for the record. This is all male gaze. It's basically men saying, I don't find this thing attractive. So I'm going to insult you about it. Like, I'm going to tell you that I find this dress to be kind of circus like, and it's like, you know, you could have just said nothing. Like if you don't like it, it doesn't matter to me. I'm not dressing for you. To anybody, it, 
this conversation in and of itself like always just drives me crazy because it doesn't matter what the hell I'm wearing. It has no. no bearing on how good I am at my job. It has nothing to do with you. You don't have to effing wear it. So shut up. Like, why are you commenting on what women are wearing? It, oh, it makes me so angry. And for the there's a couple of people who got into my mentions. One one individual specifically who I ended up blocking and he he got very salty about it because he's like, oh, look, who doesn't want to have a conversation now? And it's like, no, you know what? Conversation I block what I'm wearing. I, yeah, I blocked you because you're not willing to listen to somebody right. who's sharing direct experience with you. And you're like, what he did is he came at me and basically said, I agree with Sage and she has more experience than you. So essentially limiting, yeah, limiting my knowledge in the situation by saying, well, she has more experience. So like your perspective is null and void. Right. And I was like, nope, we're not doing that today because this is incredibly misogynistic and disrespectful. We're not doing this. So I'm going to like in those situations, remove somebody from me. I could mute them. But the thing is, they still have access to me. If yep. you're going to do that, I'm taking your access away. You can go create another account if you want to come read my tweets that badly. Um, but the thing that like is so frustrating to me is that women and kind of, okay, <laughs> there's all so much wrapped up in this. I want to, I want to be clear. I, I don't want to gloss over anything that Sage said about uh, Barack Obama and race because it's, it's massively important. And I feel like I, ha I, I feel like I haven't given that enough, like I, I want, so the reason I'm bringing that up is because this all kind of fits together. When we talk about dress codes, which people brought up when people bring up like, well, there's dress codes. Yes. But dress codes have historically been sexist. They've historically been racist. They have historically set people up to fail. Um, think about young women in school. Dress codes essentially told young women if you had a tank top on where the straps were short, smaller than three fingers wide, that it was too small. And God forbid anyone looks at too much of your shoulder. Um, or your skirt has to be beyond your fingertips. Mm -hmm. There are these rules that based on the body type of the individual. So I'm going to use a personal example, not for me personally, but when I was coaching cheerleading, I had a young woman who um, she was this beautiful young woman and her body type just did not allow for that like fingertip thing. Mm -hmm. She did not have a like that that whole fingertip thing, by the way, is completely dependent on height. It's also dependent on like how long your, your hips, arms are. Yeah. How long your arms are, your hips and your butt. Like if you have anything like hips, butt, like your skirt is just going to fit differently. And so this whole like, oh, it's got to be this. So I remember like we got her a skirt that fit great. In my opinion, I'm like, I'm her coach. I looked at it. And I'm like, I think she looks great. And then the amount of people who are like, her fingers are past or her skirt. It's too short. I'm like, why are you looking at her this closely? Because yeah. like her, her butt isn't hanging out. Like she's not inappropriate. And I was like ready to fight people over it because record, I was like, what? Uh, I was going to say for the record. Oh yeah. Sorry. I'm any, fired up. Any, any kind of dress code is always imposed 90% of the time against women yeah. because you can't show too much of your body because it might have, you might be asking for harassment in some way. Teach your boys better, teach them to act better. So we did like dress codes just drive me. I've, I've seen a couple of TikToks. a girl, she was wearing this super cute outfit. It had, um, it was kind of roughly. So it like was on her shoulders, but there was an open space 
with and then it had like a sleeve around it she was her sister had to come pick her up from school because she was doing showing too much of her shoulder what are we doing what are we telling young women when we impose stuff like this well yeah because i mean in it so like this is this even goes beyond this kind of like talk about like when i bring up like not only um how dress codes when we talk about how dress codes like typically affect women more than men more often than not um also think about the fact that nebraska just recently passed workplace discrimination like basically made it so that workplace discrimination against natural hair is just now illegal in this state as of 2021 like did just recently happen like it was it like people could discriminate against women of color for wearing their hair naturally because it wasn't quote unquote professional didn't meet didn't meet the fun little uh dress codes that people are like so fond of pointing out Mm -hmm. and this is something that like has been like a huge issue to get past for some reason and it's like all it was is like allowing people to wear their hair the way that their hair is was created and it's just so mind boggling to me that like when somebody points out to me, well, dress codes, I know exact, I know exactly what kind of conversation we're about to yeah. have because that person is like, I'm I, great. Men can show up to work in their khakis and polo shirts and that is all they have to do. But like if women wear anything, like I, I get people who are just like, don't you think that's too flashy? Don't you think that's too trendy? Don't you think that's too this? And it's like, do you comment on any any other men in this press box the way that you comment on what I'm wearing? No, nope. no. Is anyone commenting on anyone around me that is of that is a man? No, absolutely not. None of the men around me are getting caught. They here's the thing. If you go onto a message board and like go and like roast somebody that you think like, oh, he's wearing cargo shorts. And like you think that's like you like whatever. That is not the same. Like, right. I have had people to my face comment on like, I can't wear things. I've had people tell me a pair of pants I was wearing were too tight. And it's like, why are you, why are you looking at my pants that closely that right. you feel that you can like tell me that they're that tight. And like, I just, just don't understand commenting on what women are wearing at all ever. Like it, it has, it literally has nothing to do with anything. It's, it it's really just a, another thing to for people to comment on or um, have a quote unquote conversation about to be to feel like a bigger person somehow. And I really mm-hmm. just don't understand it. Like how I perform my job has no bearing on what I'm wearing. Like I could wear I'm not even gonna, I could literally wear what I'm wearing right now on the sidelines just like the you know what I'm comfortable. This is what I like to wear like you like to wear what you like to wear and it shouldn't, it doesn't matter. God, I just, ah. Uh, And here's the thing. When we talk about why it's important to like consider who you like are voting for and who you're supporting. Mm -hmm. So when this, um, like for instance, when the uh, natural, when, so this, I'm so frustrated. My computer is like going to explode. So when like this hair discrimination act, um, came up originally in 2020 uh governor pete ricketts vetoed it and his reasoning for it was really because like oh well one race doesn't wear one race doesn't exclusively wear braids one race doesn't exclusively wear this and that and 
is all like, I agree with the intent, but like it, it just like basically saying that like employers still needed to like have like health and safety standards. But it's like at the end of the day, like this, the things that like he was saying, yes, any, any race can wear braids, but the difference is if I showed up to a, like if I had shown up before this, this was passed officially in 2021, if I showed up with box braids in my hair, which for the record is, um, not a thing I recommend white people do, um, because that is appropriating. So just be mindful. I'm just using this as an example that if I showed up into a workplace with box braids, no one would probably say anything to me. It would just be like, Oh, look at that hairstyle you have. But the thing is, is like I just said, box braids would be appropriating somebody else's culture and that culture, probably if they showed up with those same braids would not have the same, like would not be given the same grace that I would be given. And that's the issue here is when you have a governor who is vetoing it going well, I understand the intent, but like, yeah, anybody can do this. And it's like, the difference is, is like, no one is stopping me. Right. Because I'm white. No one is stopping me. They're just going to look at me and go, okay, cool. But like, I cover athletes, by the way, like I cover athletes who, you know, like we'll get into this in just a second, but like, just take the NFL, for instance, the NFL is 70% African-American. Like, why is it okay for me as this white woman to show up in spaces appropriating other cultures then? But like when the person who it is, their actual culture shows up, it's like, this is a, this is against like dress code policy. That is the point here is it is, there is like literal, like bringing up dress codes and stuff is such a like, it's always brought up by people too, that have never had to deal with an actual dress code violation. Correct. You haven't been called to a principal's office. You haven't been called to your boss's office. You haven't been, you haven't been told from going in someplace. Yeah. It's kind of amazing how, um, the people who like to tell me I'm wrong are the people who have never directly had to be affected by it. And it's like, this is as somebody who is like, I, I mean, our experiences overall are fairly like tame when you think about it. Cause like when I start to think of like the, um, just injustices that, a young black woman faces not only like with how she dresses, but also with her hair and just the way people like don't want to like create space for people. And they use things like dress codes to limit them. And they use things like dress codes to push them out of spaces. It is just. It's really disgusting. If you break, when you like actually sit to think about it, like, Oh yeah. It's it's disheartening and and just gross to me. And that's why, like, so I think of somebody like Sage and like I said, like, I I worry when young people look to her and go, she has the ESPN flag on a microphone in front of her. Like she is the beacon of like who I want to be. And it's like, you know, and this, this feeds really nicely into, we won't go too far into this because um, there's a lot more that will ultimately come out about this in the future. But since this previous week, um, John Gruden, very like very abruptly in a very and I mean not abruptly for him I'm talking like this news cycle was very abrupt from the time it was like from Sunday to Monday night basically there was the the news cycle of this but he stepped down Monday evening like late Monday evening as the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders Um, I'm just going to read from the New York Times really quick Uh, he resigned 
uh, after the New York Times detailed emails in which he had made homophobic and misogynistic remarks following an earlier report of racist statements about a union leader. His resignation was a striking departure from the football league for a coach who had won a Super Bowl, blah, 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 blah. Um, they give some context as to kind of what happened. Obviously, the owner of the Raiders, Mark Davis, accepted his reg- resignation. Um, Gruden's departure came after a New York Times report that NFL officials, as a part of a separate workplace misconduct investigation, this was a workplace misconduct investigation into the Washington National. That's Washington, Washington Nationals. We're not in baseball. <laughs> the Washington football team, um, there was the, his emails originally surfaced through um, conversations that were happening with the Washington football team. Um, they found that Gruden had casually and frequently unleashed misogynistic and homophobic language over several years to to basically um just insult attack um people all over the league he was against the emergence of women as referees the drafting of a gay player uh we now know that was michael sam in 2014 um in the tolerance of players protesting during the national anthem um so again, these were all sent to not all, but a lot of them were sent to Bruce Allen, the former president of the Washington football team and others while he was working for ESPN as a color analyst. Um, he also called Roger Goodell um, some pretty awful slurs. Yeah. Um, it just like it goes on and on and on. And I want to read this one tweet from Laura Oakman that I shared with Sasha Laura Oakman tweeted this and I thought it was really well said. She said, it's never one group. The least surprising part of this story is that he hit everyone. It's a very short walk from racism to misogyny, to homophobia, to you name it. It's time to redefine leadership. The emails are shocking, but not surprising. And that says everything. And then just to add a little caveat to this, Bomani Jones also tweeted in other news, keep in mind this investigation is into the Washington football team and not specifically John Gruden. So there's no telling what else is going to come out from this, which I think fits into what Laura was saying about changing leadership, because, you know, that walk from racism to misogyny to homophobia, like honestly fits really well with like what we were talking about with Sage Steele and why it's so hard when we're kind of like trying to have these nuanced conversations around this, because I don't want to say like, I feel like, like going back to this, I feel like I'm not saying enough about the part where she was, you know, talking about president Obama. Like, I feel like the race part of this is so significant because she's basically saying that this person, it doesn't get to be who they are. Because yeah, they're not black because by. she's decided it. Like, right. So I don't want to breeze past that, but it's like that step from racism into misogyny into then homophobia. Yes. Like, these are all just so easy for people to get from this square to this square to this square. They just keep stepping forward, and when until somebody tells them you do not get to, you cannot do that. Yeah. They just keep going. And this I, is the thing: is this is in the this is not only in the NFL. It's in ESPN's walls. It's in the national women's soccer league Mm -hmm. like this is everywhere and until you change the leadership we are going to continue to see these things and we will not be surprised by them right exactly we have conversations a lot on this podcast about things um you know the evolution of, of the state the current state of things and having hard conversations and things like that um but the one thing that I think that we sometimes leave out, but I'm glad we're going to be talking about today is like, I, and I said this to you earlier, I had a conversation about something completely entirely unrelated to this the other day, but it's, it's the same, the same, it, it just applies here as well. Like, it's like kids, 
or like adults, if there are no consequences, consequences for actions or choices, mm-hmm. there's not a reason to change or a carrot or any kind of reasoning to want to change if there's no repercussions for actions. Right. There have to be consequences. And if that, if those consequences come in the form of drastic leadership change, then do it. You have yeah. to, you we, have to, we, to protect your players. Um, you have to, to protect the, the people that you have working within those walls. Mm-hmm. And if you really care, then you would make a change. Yeah, Otherwise you're I, just saying sorry. And you're just going to keep doing, you're just saying sorry to say sorry. I sent this to Sasha from the New York Times article. So again, I'm going to link anything that was referenced in this podcast at hillvarsity.com. So from the New York Times article that this, this came from, these two paragraphs really just encapsulated a lot for me. And it says, taken together, the emails provide an unvarnished look into the clubby culture of one NFL circle of peers where white male decision makers felt comfortable sharing pornographic images, deriding the league policies and joke, joke, I can't pronounce this word, jokularly, sorry, I can't say that word for some reason, so just go with it. And like basically like joyfully like sharing homophobic language. Sorry for, uh, there are certain words, even as a journalist, I can't say them. Anyway, um, this next paragraph, their banter flies in the face of the league's public denouncements of racism and sexism, and it promises to be more inclusive as it promises to be more inclusive and make criticism for not listening to the concerns of black players who make up about 70% of rosters. The NFL has in the past struggled to discipline personnel who have committed acts of domestic violence and has been condemned for failing to adequately address harassment of women, including NFL cheerleaders. The NFL has tried to make changes and um, some of it has felt a little bit disingenuous yes and then when you hear these things that have been going on for so long and you know they're happening right now like honestly how many people just to be clear are probably mass deleting emails right now in their offices and just this is what i want to say just to be clear so take a drink um but emails don't just get deleted and if you're out there going i better go delete all my emails um you need to have a bigger conversation with yourself because I thought about this a little bit and I saw some people tweet that are like, oh, it's a good thing. No one's reading all of your emails. And it's like, you know what? I want people to read my emails. No, because like a lot of personal stuff is in my emails. But like I don't have things in my emails where like I'm saying things. I, I like I guess my point is, is like if somebody was like, I need to read your emails, like there wouldn't be something in there where I'd fear um, racism, misogyny homophobia like right like yeah there'd be stuff in there maybe like from sources for like stories that I'm working on that I wouldn't particularly want out there just because like it's big on like protecting your sources kind of stuff mm-hmm. but like I mean that's that's completely different love that's like that's not the same thing at all like I mean just because like no I don't think anyone's like willingly giving up their emails but like right. at the same time like I'm also aware in my job too of like everything that I send for the most part, especially within university organizations or similar into the NFL and everything like any, any organization in that matter could be FOIA. And like some people have FOIA where my name has come up and things like, I remember when Bill Moose got FOIA for a couple of things, like my adder emails for me in there. So like um, the fact that like he was so comfortable 
I think that's the thing too, is he was so comfortable just saying these things and like knowing that like anyone really could have access to these emails, your employer, if somebody decided to FOIA you, um, which is the freedom of information act just allows people the opportunity to get information, um, that is important. Um, he was just so comfortable. I mean, there's so many people who are just so comfortable saying horrific things. And it's like, you don't know if those emails are going to get even forwarded to people. Like, I'm not saying right. like you, the like, don't, don't speak and think like this to begin with, but my God, like you're so comfortable just telling, telling people this stuff. Like you're joking. Yeah. I, it just, Again, kind of even like going back to where I'm like, I'm just so it's just so mind boggling, like yeah. kind of like where yeah. I'm just at a loss for like. At that point, if you're that comfortable sending. I mean, uh, you're being yourself, uh, obviously, when you're saying things like that and then to freely do so um, from an email account without any afterthought whatsoever that you might get in trouble for something like this, I think tells a deeper story about some of the um, the changes that need to be made within the NFL, to be honest with you. If you're that comfortable having those types of conversations and you don't think you're going to get in trouble for anything like that. And at the time he was working for ESPN, mind you. Mm-hmm. So like, which it just keeps going back to ESPN, maybe exactly. raise your standards ESPN. Yeah. I mean, just being feeling that comfortable to have conversations like that and throw around slurs like that and, say any of the things that he did um that's that's a a systemic problem within the nfl it's a systemic problem like in so many places it goes beyond sports i mean it's happening in organizations everywhere it's happening within your friend groups like i even think about like i even think about like how just like things are so easy for people to say in passing where they're just so comfortable in like that's when we talk about like having hard conversations with people where you say hey no, we're not doing that. Um, there have like, there have been times in my life where like, I probably should have been more outspoken or I should have spoken up about something in a moment and didn't. And those are things where I have to then learn and be better for the next time so that I don't let those opportunities pass. And I'm, there are things where I'm sure like we've talked about on this podcast, there are words that come out of my mouth that I'm still trying to unlearn because they're a part of, um, unfortunately my vocabulary that have just always been there. There are they weren't intentionally taught to me, but it's just the way that people speak and that doesn't make them okay. So it's like, I have to unlearn and unpack that and figure out why my brain, like when I want to say something reaches for that. And so it even goes back to when we talk about Greg McDermott and why, when he was seeking this, like an example, his, his brain went to talking about plantations. Like if, if that is something that he grew up hearing, like that's, you know, that doesn't, make the situation better. You got to unpack that, unlearn it and figure out why did my brain when it needed an example, reach for that one. Yeah. Um, these, these are things that like there, these, unfortunately, John Gruden is not the only one. Right. Sage Steele is not the only one. These, these are very out there examples right now because they are things that like people are living and having to answer for what they have said in very public situations. However, 
like I said, they're not the only ones. There are people in organizations that you work for that are speaking this way, that are sharing things. There are people in the NBA. There are people, I mean, we've talked about how the NBA is struggling right now with misinformation and letting that run rampant. And that's a league that people had praised. Um, You have the National Women's Soccer League that is currently trying to deal with how could so many reports of sexual abuse and assault happen and nothing be no action be taken. There are real, real conversations happening in so many places. And they're the the reality is, is like they have to keep happening because these will not change until one people accept it, but two, until we start putting more women and people of color and roles and at the table of decision-making because there are too many, like in the case of John Gruden in that little group chat that he had, there was too many white men telling each other that that was okay. Yep. And no one doing anything otherwise. Yeah. Imagine like, and this is why we also talk about the importance of allies because if there was an ally on that is just as bad as, as having those conversations. Yeah. I mean, if there was an ally in that group chat, somebody could have been like, hold up. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, it just, it's, it's so frustrating to me on a number of levels. And I just want to say, like, if you're somebody who is listening to this podcast and you have been hurt personally in the last, you know, two weeks by the words of someone like Sage Steele or hurt by the words of someone like John Gruden, like first and foremost, like I, I can't apologize on their behalf, but I am sorry that like, this is something that people are having to like, these are conversations that people are now having to have with their children about like, like, sorry, not to go back to this really quick, but even like with her, with like Sage Steele bringing up President Obama's um, race, like think of all of the young kids out there right now that have, um, that are from mixed families that are now looking and going, am I not who I thought I was? And that is a really tough conversation that parents are now going to have to have if they have, you know, seen anything. And I'm, I'm not talking like, like five-year-olds are not seeing what Sage Seal said, but like you're, you're like middle school, high schooler may have. And like, right. that's really crappy. And who is she to define who someone is? And yeah. I, I just, I'm so, I, even with a week of like time to process this, I feel like I'm just like not even fully encapsulating everything that I, I can like share. And this is probably an example of a time where we need to go get somebody with way more experience than we do on these topics, because I just, I think my biggest thing is, is like, I want sports to be inclusive because sports is an inclusive space when you talk about the athletes themselves, but like everything around these athletes is not inclusive enough from the media covering them to their owners and the people that are um, leading their organ, like leading these organizations, leading these teams. We talk about like, not to just pick on the NFL, but they deserve it. But like the NFL has a, it has a really big issue with not hiring uh, black head football coaches. So like, um, we talk about this. I mean, heck, even Nebraska, even Nebraska is still like Nebraska is behind when you look at like what it across the board. Um, there's not a ton of diversity at the head coaching level for mm-hmm. Nebraska. I think, um, swimming and diving is the only one that has a head coach of color. Um, I, I will include cheerleading and uh, dance in this as well. The spirit squads, um, their uh, head coach is a woman of color who's amazing. But 
Um, technically they don't fall under like the varsity sports. So like, it doesn't get counted. I still think it's important to point that out, but I just, you know, you look at, you look at schools across country, you look at organizations across country, you look at these sports leagues and like, they're just not representative. And then you sit here and you wonder, how does this keep happening? Right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like point made. It's just, I'm, I, I think like, I feel like this, like, we're going to have to like come back to this because I think when I talk about this podcast and like what it has meant and what I hope to accomplish, like I always say, like, I just want, I just want sports and I just want the world of like sports to be better then we found it and I want to keep making this space more inclusive, but like, it just feels for every, it's like one step forward, two steps back, one step forward, two steps back. It's just like, we have these moments of like, Hey, this amazing, wonderful thing happened. And then there's just something that's like, Oh, really terrible. Yeah. Yes. We're not as far along as we thought. Like, you know, I had, I had given the NFL a little bit of credit because like, yes, I understand a lot of it is performative, but I was like, at least they're attempting now if they had wanted to make right by a lot of things, they could find a way to um, get Colin Kaepernick back into this league in some way. If it's not playing, at least finding a way for him to be involved, because I feel like that is one person who was treated real crappy by the NFL. And the NFL is now like almost like co-opted his messaging to like, Yep. Kind of like be like, look at us. We're now inclusive. So like I, I gave the NFL this the littlest bit of credit for at least like starting to have tough conversations or at least be willing to um, put the messaging there. But the messaging means nothing if you're not living up to it, if you're not backing it up. And this is, again, another example of the NFL having an opportunity to grow and learn. And it's like. Will it? Right. Yeah, I, I, I really certainly hope so. Um it, again, it comes down to, to to tough conversations and tough decisions um, to make as an entire organization. But hopefully, um, and I, I I know that it's important to see what the rest of this Washington football team investigation brings to light. But I'm also kind of um, just sick because I think it's not going to get any. Um, I think this was the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, I, I would say it's going to continue to get worse before it gets better. And honestly, like if. Hopefully, hopefully the bad that comes out of this investigation leads to a lot more good. I hope so, because there's so, you know, there are a lot of good people that work in and around sports, that play sports, that like deserve to uh, be celebrated. And it's not fun to like think that like the thing that they do and love is getting overshadowed by things that like, you know, diversity is a beautiful thing. Getting called out for um, not celebrating that diversity and um being racist homophobic misogynistic all of that is not being canceled it is not canceled culture the thing is for people like sage Steele and john gruden it's not going to be an easy path forward um but there there is an opportunity for redemption um it's not going to be easy and it's not going to be quick um but like people can sincerely take these instances and learn from them and be better and become um, advocates and allies and um, change the trajectory, uh, but they have to want that. 
They have to want that. And people have to stop treating it as they are being canceled because again, being held accountable is not cancel culture. And again, diversity is, is a beautiful thing. And the fact that like, we have so many people who still want to detract from that diversity is like, we've got a lot of work to do. We said that a lot, but we have a lot of work to do. And this, these are just two more examples of like, the work is not done. Like there's a lot that has to be said a lot that has to be a lot of action that has to be taken because until you actually like really look this stuff very hard, like take a really hard look at it and say, we're going to not only commit to change, but we're going to make that change. Yes. We're just going to keep seeing this stuff over and over. You're just going to see more terrible comments that are going to leave us baffled. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Like I think it's, I feel naive sometimes that I think that I think sometimes I think we're further along than we are. Um, so then when you see stuff like this or hear things like this, it's, it's like disheartening because it makes me very much realize that us and this podcast are very much a, just like in the tiniest, we're like the tiniest little snowflake of a snowman that still needs to be built. And um, mm-hmm. I hope that um, just by continuing these conversations, um, we start making progress. (laughs) Yeah. I think before we let you go, I think the biggest thing is, is like, yeah, it's easy even sometimes to live in a bubble where like we have people that were like, Hey, there's making progress here, but we also do surround ourselves with people that like are like us. And so sometimes it's easy to only see the world from the way that like we're viewing it now. And so stepping outside of it and realizing like, Oh, it's actually uh, not where we thought maybe yet. Don't be discouraged by that because the thing is, is like, the more we speak up, the more we talk about it with one another, the more work we put in, the actual action we take, the more people will see and the more people will join and the better and more inclusive this space will become. Um, we would love to always hear from you. Um, if you want to continue this conversation, you can tweet at us. I'm at Erin Sorensen. She's at Sasha72. We're also at Mind Your Own Podcast at HaleVarsity.com. So if there's something that you feel like we missed or you'd like to just chime in on, please email us, Mind Your Own Podcast at HaleVarsity.com. Um, and please know, like, if you're listening to this, you're like, oh, you missed these things. These conversations uh, are not done. We will, we yeah. will be back and, um, Hopefully we can find some people that like can also join us to um, continue these because uh, there are a lot of things that I don't know. Um, <laughs> I yeah, know that like same. we just, we'll get there um, one step at a time because it might feel frustrating when you take one step forward and two steps back, but you're still taking a step forward. So eventually we can just, eventually it'll be one step forward, one step back, and then it'll eventually yeah. just be one step forward. So we'll get there. We just have to keep having these conversations. Yes. Absolutely. Well, as always, thank you for joining us. We will be back next week. Um, As far as we know, uh, there are no conflicts. So when we say we'll be back next week, we mean it. Um, But again, email us, mindyourownpodcast at hillvarsity.com. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. We will be back next week. We appreciate you. Take care of yourself. Go do something. Go do something good for the world and for yourself. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. A Huda Media Production.